It's about drive, it's about power. We stay hungry, we devour. Put in the work, put in the hours, and take what's ours. Welcome to the Action Takers Podcast. I am your co-host, Nate. We got JC with with us as always. JC, how's it going? I don't think I've messed up the intro in a while. Dude, it's uh I think you messed it up like episode like two, and then that was kind of the last time you screwed it up. But no, it's dude, I'm doing good. It's uh I've got direction in my life, which is which is very rare. It's it's often when I'm like looking at my life, I'm like going in in like five different directions, but I'm like pretty sure I'm headed in the in the right direction, which I'm I'm excited about. It seems like you're rather uh you're rather energized to say the least. Man, I am drinking an energy drink, and I think that is why I just messed up. But that's good to be going in the right direction, or or thinking, or finding the right direction to be going in. Um, you know, that's that's uh, highly motivating. I know when when uh, I've gotten uh, on that right path, it's it just gets you pumped up, and you know your purpose is is there. Well, it brings clarity. But what else helps clarity is I, I got to ask you, what's your go to? energy drink i know they're horrible for you but what's what's your go-to one so i i used to never be in energy drinks and then obviously our career choice and everyone used to drink bangs so i would drink those uh a lot you know a couple a day until i would like got like freaking heart palpitations one night because i drank like three coffees and two two bangs and a matter of like eight hours so then I went cold turkey for years, um, but now you know I kind of got into energy drinks again. So sugar-free Red Bull is my uh, go-to energy drink uh, now. Dude, yeah, you and every white girl that goes to the uh, the <laughs> dance club, Jesus, <laughs> sugar-free Red Bull, huh? Yeah, you know, you know, I gotta keep keep down on the sugar, you know. Even though this is probably worse than the regular one because uh, it has you know the chemicals in it, but um, it's good. I, I never drank. You know, Red Bull's been around forever. I never drank them. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I still like a bang every once in a while, but uh, yeah, sugar-free Red Bull is kind of a, my go-to. What about you? What, what, what are you drinking these days when you get pumped up? Dude, it's uh, I'm I'm full bore on these sour warheads uh, energy drinks. I don't know what the I don't know what the hell they're called, but they uh, they popped up in my life, and I'm like, they kind of look like bangs, and they've got a shitload of caffeine in them, and it tastes good. So I I've been dr- I've been drinking those. It's uh, I've had two today, which is. Which is odd. I kind of had a headache about midday. I don't know if it was the heat or dehydration, but I, you know, I sucked down my second one, and I'm I'm ready to go. I'm fucking here, you know. Uh, I mean, the the reason why I go for the Red Bulls is just because they don't have as much caffeine, right? Like twelve ounces. Is, I think it's like a little over 100, 130 milligrams. So I feel like I'm just not overdoing it. Uh, you know, where a bang is like I think like three hundred milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> Dude, it's- so it's like fucking. Even though they taste amazing, if fucking I don't notice the difference either way but i just i feel like it's better for me not doing so much caffeine at once see that's where that's where i go wrong i you know 300 times two yeah 600 milligrams that's like enough caffeine for like a human being for like a week and uh you know i just pump full you know just 24 hours it's 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 not hell i should probably stop but it's it's the way it goes it it is and we we by no means are doing any type of endorsement endorsements or sponsorships for these energy drinks just want to put that out there but you know, if if uh, Bang or Red Bull or anyone happens to want to send us some uh, some uh, you know energy drinks, we we would not deny them. We, we would we would happily accept. Just throw Dude, it out there. what what would be your <laughs> ideal sponsor? Who would you want to sponsor this show? Who do you think would be like the most perfect fit? Uh, I mean, to me, it's always about what we actually or what I actually use, right? Like, I actually drink Red Bull, so like if they wanted to sponsor the show, that'd be kind of cool. 
or uh, you know any anything that I'm like actually a part of. Not not like, hey, here's some random thing that I don't ever use. But yeah, I'm gonna say I I, I endorse this. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, if energy drinks would be cool. Pro- protein, uh, obviously, you know, working out, anything that has to do with fitness. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff for us that we can uh, go with. Dude, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna go with something a little different, okay? I, okay. I'm going to go with, uh, God, I love clothes, but I hate fucking spending money on it. And one of my favorite brands, and if they sponsored the show, I'd be, like, absolutely shocked. But any golf brand, specifically if Nike fucking sponsored us, I would be, like, through the roof. I know Nike's not probably the most, like, ideal sponsor for us and our personalities and or our demographic um but at the same time i would be fucking overjoyed i i would not hate it you know i mean every golf brand whether it's even like titleist or i mean they, they all got uh, apparel uh so whether it's golf balls golf clubs you know i've got some sort of apparel so you know i wouldn't mind some polos or hats or any of that stuff right some nice slacks they all got so yeah i, I wouldn't be opposed to uh any of the major golf brands, you know, I don't want to sponsor our show. Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously they'd probably be better for the Aloha press. Uh, you know, once, once you get that going and that in full swing again and, uh, hitting those courses, uh, you know, definitely be open to getting, uh, some sponsor sponsorships with the golf brands. Dude, it, it's, it's my, like my new uh, purpose and my new journey. I know I have these epiphanies like every like two months, every eight shows. I'm sure the listeners are like, JC, just pick one goddamn thing and, and stick with it. But I, so my family and I are going back and we're going to start traveling again and we're going to travel the United States, A, because we have our dog, but also because we want to actually see the United States. And there's a list out there that I've always looked at and that I've always kind of kept in touch with, and it's the top 100 public golf courses. I've played a handful of them, and they're always just like, it's just like the best of the best when it comes to golf. So I figured, shit, I'm trying to fire up the Aloha Press again. Why the hell not make it just documenting my journey about tackling these 100 golf courses? And I just figured, like, what a what a cool story, but also, like, I think it could lead into some other things that are like a little bit bigger and a little bit larger than life in the sense of like golf course reviews and like being paid to go and to, to stay and play at these, you know, these ideal places in the United States. And I was just like, dude, I was just racking my brain uh, for like two hours a day. I just writing down shit I need to do and like what the business plan is and like how to like tackle all hundred. Where the hell are all these hundred golf courses? Am I going to have to like, are some in Hawaii and some in fucking Arkansas or what, you know, where the hell are these, these places? And I was absolutely shocked. There's like 10 of them in Wisconsin, which I had no clue. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's a short period of time where you can actually play those. Uh, just a side note though, too, uh, just for, I don't know, to make it interesting. I think you should also try and find the list and just to play them, the, maybe the top 10 worst golf courses <laughs> in America. And, and just, just to check them out to be like, how bad is this golf course really? And, and I don't know, you know, like, uh, I think that'd be interesting too, to, to kind of, you know, just have that on there too, to be like, Hey, I traveled to the, the worst ones. And we, there's a reason why they're the worst. <laughs> Dude, uh, I'm going to have to, uh, purchase maybe a bulletproof vest. Uh, maybe, you know, m- you know, maybe get my concealed weapons permit here, you know, in every state. I don't know if that'll fly, but 
I'm assuming there'd be some unique places in the United States where those particular establishments are, or, you know, they have green grass and, well, maybe not green grass. Maybe it's just dirt. I don't know. I've played a few horrible golf courses in my life, and I'm always shocked at, like, how great I play at these shitty golf courses. It's always, like, it's some of my better rounds, which I'm not always proud of. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a wide range of them, and, and I don't know what constitutes good or bad or, you know, any of that. But, uh, yeah, it's always the the not so, at least for me, the, the different ones that I would play good at. Like uh, my hometown we used to have, there's only a nine-hole golf course, all par threes, you know, and it, it's just that's just something different, right? Um, you don't ever see a whole lot of those, but it's just it's a fun thing. All you only really needed a couple irons to a putter and a couple irons, you could play the whole course. So, um, yeah, so it, it's uh, it is interesting how some of these the nice ones. I, I think it's because they're so nice, or they they're just this prestige. Like, man, I'm on this freaking nice nice course, and then you get in your own head about it. And thinking you got to play better because you're on this course, and it just goes the opposite way. Uh, I, I think that's what it is. I don't know. I could be wrong, dude. It absolutely is. I've played some of these resort courses that are, you know, held major championships, and you get in your head, and it's, it's overwhelming. It's almost too perfect, and then you go play a dirt course, literally a dirt course, out in freaking Nevada, and you shoot even par, and you're like, "Where the hell does this come from? Like, where? Why can't I perform on perfect cut grass and like?" Perfect greens and you know manicured tee boxes and a guy carrying your damn bag telling you what number and what club to hit, and instead you're out there in the you know in the fucking rattlesnake infested greens and you're like, I just shot even par. How the hell did I do that? Oh my gosh, yeah, it, it, it's it, it is something uh, interesting how how that works. Um, but man, you know I, I like that you're getting this uh, direction. I like uh, I think we talked about last time. I'm, I'm pumped to have the low hop press, uh, you know, back up and running again. I think that's a, a, a good thing, you know, for you, um, to do, uh, especially cause you put so much time into it already, right? You got like years into it and to restart it. Um, it's just one of those things. Cause that's what everyone always talks about is you just have to outlast, right? You just have to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And eventually, um, you're just going to outlast everyone. And eventually you're going to put in all the work. You're going to get so much, uh, better at whatever that is you're doing and it'll eventually just take off because of the sheer hours that you put into something well and i i think the reason why it failed in the beginning was because i was trying to please everyone else instead of pleasing me and and like making me the best customer and I, that might not make very sense very much sense to you know some big wig out there but it i was i was trying to appeal to someone else and not appealing to myself. So I didn't have the energy or like, I didn't have the desire or the, you know, the, the passion I do around what I really wanted to do. It was, I was trying to, you know, check all these boxes of trying to be in a golf media person. And it was the worst thing in the world. I hated it. I hated sitting down on Thursday morning to watch, you know, the John Deere classic with the top 300 golfers in the world instead of the top 50 golfers in the world. And I was focusing on things that weren't necessarily important to me. And I was trying to focus on things that were important to other people. And I was taking advice and criticism from people who weren't even in the industry. And I realized that like with the new direction of the Aloha press, it's kind of, it's kind of like it's resetting it, but it's also resetting me in the sense of 
chasing down what I actually want to, uh, what I want to accomplish, but also what I want to watch, what I actually want to listen to. I don't really give a shit about who won the 3M Classic. Now I do care about all the majors. I care about the Ryder Cup. I care about you know the you know some of the FedEx Cup stuff, even some of the Live stuff. But I don't care about like these mundane week in week out because the PGA Tour only takes two weeks off a year, and it's like Christmas and Thanksgiving, and it's just not fun. It's just not fun to cover shit that you don't really care about or you're not really that passionate about, and it's tough to produce daily content. It's tough to produce you know, that passion and be able to like be authentic in myself. And I realized that the new direction is the original direction I wanted to go in. I was just appealing to the wrong person instead of appealing to me and what I like to watch and what I like to enjoy and what I like to go do, which is travel and play amazing golf courses. That's one of the things that I like, I've always, you know, always had a passion for. And it's exciting to see the direction that I actually want the company to go in instead of where I think people want the company to go. Well, I mean, that's the biggest thing I think with a lot of people when they kind of um, get lost or whatever, what they're doing, right. And how they say, you know, if you try and please everyone, you're pleasing no one, right. You got to find your niche, whatever that is and, and just stick to it and don't care um, about the people that, you know, like I said, you're getting criticism from people that don't aren't even in the golf industry or, or whatever. Um, but, but that goes with everything, right? Like, you're trying to build your brand on social media and you're like, Oh, I don't want to post this. Maybe this will upset those people are like, you really just gotta, this is what I'm going to be about. And this is what I'm going to post. And I'm not care what anyone thinks about it. And, and I started, you know, it, it's everyone, we all struggle with it. We all do a double take on the post or what we're writing or, but I, I found too, once, once you kind of let that go and be like, I'm just going to post what I want to post. Cause this is about me. This is what I care about. This is what I'm about. It, really does make it easier you like you're focused in you're you're just yeah like i don't care what anyone thinks this is my niche this is what i'm going to be about um and it and it just makes it easier um and, and it helps you grow actually because then more people are like cool uh well this guy's about this i'm i'm about that i'm gonna you know follow be a part of it whatever um and it really helps you find you know your people it's just it's just a, such an easier like it just it's just a, such an easier direction like I was always trying to find like the, the not the quick you know get rich quick scheme or the you know get rich as fast as possible because those are, I mean I have done certain things to do that, but it just I realized that like these last like year of me trying a bunch of different shit has taught me a bunch of things that I will I will transform into the Aloha Press and I think it's one of those things that I needed to go through those experiences and kind of burn all those bridges and kind of burn you know, the candle at both ends to realize what's important to me, but also what's important to the company itself and what direction it needs to go in. And I, I finally, I finally kind of figured it out. And I, and I know that's kind of long winded to say, I'm just excited to go fucking travel and play some really cool golf courses. Like that's, that's the exciting part. Like anyone can get up to go play Pebble beach or Bandon dunes or fucking Torrey pines or, you know, Pinehurst number two. It's because those are iconic golf courses and you it's just naturally exciting and and I realized that like maybe there is a path and there's not a lot of people doing it out there and maybe it's a little bit of a blue ocean because a lot of these golf media companies that run into the space they they film themselves at their local golf course and all of a sudden a year into it they're like shit this is boring like I've been doing the same shot over and over and over 
and you just get burned out. And I think if I've got a fresh perspective, a fresh course, something to get excited about, that's really going to fit my personality and also like the the journey I want the Aloha Press to go on. So, dude, I am I'm absolutely pumped up. I'm I'm pretty excited about it, and I'm definitely scared because I went I started going through like the top fifteen. And this shit's going to be expensive. Like, I forgot how much it costs to play some of these nice courses. So there's a couple marketing schemes that I'm going to try and, you know, go after to try and get on these courses for free and uh, maybe do a little work for them when it, when it comes to their social media. So maybe the barter system is going to be into play. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the great things and, and, and uh, I guess, terrible things about golf, right? You don't need anyone else to play golf, right? You can go and, and do it all yourself. But it is freaking expensive uh, <laughs> hobby, sport to play, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the, the, the kind of drawback, especially when you're going to the top 100 courses, those are probably going to be the top also most expensive courses. <laughs> probably. There, there <laughs> yeah. are a few on there that I'm like, holy shit, I didn't know it was this much to play. But it, I sat down with my, my business partner, my wife, and she's like, we'll just figure it out. And... I might be one of those guys driving down the road when you see the, you know, we're headed to the 100 public golf courses, send me money on my cash app kind of kind of truck, kind of van that we're going to be cruising around in because I might need some financial support to uh, to execute this dream. But I think oftentimes when, I, when I've been the most successful in either business or in life or just in, just in general, it's always been when I've kind of went all in on something and I didn't really have a choice. I had to like go out there and like figure it the fuck out because this is something that, you know, it's a goal and a passion and it's something I want to accomplish and I'll figure out a way to do it. And it's funny how life kind of, kind of molds to what you actually need. So, you know, we, we might be in, you know, top ramen and hot dogs for the next year and a half, but we're going to get it done. Man. Uh, I, one, I think you got to get some giant, uh, decals on this van. Aloha Press. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe giant stickers of like your Venmo and Cash App on there too so people can just send it to you. But e- but even that, like, I mean, that's just, just you know, a side note for just more ideas as we're talking about this. Like, you know, just just sitting there, especially for content, you know, do – because these interviews, right, you see them on, on Instagram, people asking silly questions. But, I mean, even that, right, just interviewing random people for content when you're on these courses and, and, and you know, having them there, uh, you know, just get, it, getting – questions or whatever it is uh, from some people and, and uh, I think that can really help I mean easy content maybe those people want to contribute to the cause uh, you know buy a t-shirt I mean there's all kinds of stuff uh, that you can be doing as you're traveling around so it's uh, it's, it's, exci- it's gonna be exciting to see it's dude it's a it's a it's a it's gonna be a journey that's for damn sure and when I was putting all these things together I was trying to figure out like what's what's the backup plan and I was just going through like my life on how I've always made money and I've always kind of figured it out so I wanted to propose this question to you because it was something that I was thinking very hard about today um, I want to know what's the most interesting ways you've made money and the reason why I was thinking about this was like I've always always been kind of able to figure it out like when it comes to money like for whatever it was if I was saving up for a car or a house or investment property or you know, fucking a bicycle when I was a kid, like, what did I do to earn money? And it just, it, I was racking my brain all the unique, weird ways that I've been able to kind of 
make it work. And I would just, I thought it'd be fun to kind of share it with the listeners and maybe spark some of their interest. And maybe, you know, maybe it'll encourage them to start a business or a side hustle or, you know, just a little, you know, side job where they can make some extra cash. And do you have a couple of those ideas? Uh, I mean, interesting. I'm going to say, I'm going to put that right. That's going to be kind of on the side because they're, interesting i'm going to go a specific job and when you would sometimes think of what i'm doing and i'm actually getting paid to do this in a bad way or i have to do this uh is i'll go with the interesting ways to make money but man i think it, everything that i when you really think about these these ways is all, all, all it has to do with selling right like doing garage sales uh selling uh t-shirts selling uh and just car wraps like I've, I've done so many things all around selling right like like literally transactional sales um what it's been you know been around obviously i've uh been a camp counselor work at a produce stand you know working a you know in a retail what lots you know a few retail jobs grocery stores um what do you mean sell I, produce? Were you that guy walking around the park lot with a fucking basket of oh, strawberries no, or what? No, like like a like a, a, a it was a store, but it was a produce <laughs> like strictly like like fresh produce as in farming small farming town like but it was a huge like right off the side of the highway like a huge warehouse style store. So, um that's did that when I was like 16. But it was, you know, it, it everything a lot of it is either retail or sales, right? Like that's a, the two biggest ways that I think types of jobs out there you know that most people experience are either doing like sales or they're working in some sort of retail environment um but you know as far as just those other ways it's just selling things uh man I, being a handyman you know hanging people's uh mounting people's tvs helping people move like man there's all kinds of ways of like when, when you just need that extra cash like uh what can i do how can i sell my time essentially to make some a uh, few bucks uh when you're in a pinch Dude, it so I've I've got, I've written down a couple of my unique ways that I've been able to make money, and probably one of the weirdest, coolest, most offensive way was so the neighborhood that we lived in had a uh, kind of a rumor that was spread, and it's been going on for the last like twenty years. So apparently, when this neighborhood was built, apparently it had a huge swingers community. Okay, and I'm not talking about on a on a on a swing set. I'm talking about you know throw the keys in the bowl and you know adults only style party where you know you you take home someone else's wife type swinging, and it was like it was weird. It was like this is uh, this is odd. Like I didn't realize we moved into this community. Like there was no flyer at the front door. Or, like when we bought the house, like what the hell's going on? And <laughs> apparently. You would you would go to the grocery store across the street, which was a, a Publix, which is kind of like a it's kind of like a like a Rayleigh's for for the people on the West Coast, and like a Rayleigh's or Bel Air. But apparently, the way to signal to the rest of the community that you were into that lifestyle was you had to walk around the store with a pineapple upside down. Okay, and apparently that's the like that's the, like the most common way to identify that you're looking for another you know couple people to join in with the uh, the old party experience so i decided to build a website to make fun of the uh the neighborhood it was called i think it was called like whatever the neighborhood you know dot com or whatever it was and i it's just a created a quick shopify store i i designed a bunch of like swinger uh memorabilia and it i made probably a thousand dollars over the summer like over a couple months by just selling t-shirts and hats with upside down pineapples and i could i was like kind of 
nervous to tell people about it. So I would make I made an anonymous Facebook account. I started posting on these neighborhood websites and yard sales and Facebook marketplaces just to kind of round up business. And that was probably one of my weirdest, uniquest ways that I've ever made a dollar on on selling something. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> talk about like welcome to the neighborhood or surprise. Uh. Dude, it, a year uh, and a half later, people still ask me, they're like, hey, do you still have that website? And I'm like, oh my God, no, I closed uh, it down. Like, sales dropped off. I didn't see anyone wear the t shirts, you know? Like, and they're yeah. like, oh no, they did. Like, they, it was really popular. I'm like, geez Louise. But it, you know, it just, it's something that I think, uh, I think if people are like hesitant on getting into entrepreneurship or maybe they have that bug to make a few extra bucks, dude, there's so many ways, like, so many creative ways. And I was thinking about it like, even in my youth, like what did I do when I was eight years old to make money? And one of the ways I figured out was I saw this kid, this older kid at the bus stop selling warheads and warheads are like the hard candy. That's like super sour. And like there was different strengths. And I figured out, I told my dad, I go, Hey, I need to borrow like five bucks. And I went to the grocery store. I bought a shitload of warheads. Right? So this kid you know, only did it like one day. And I was like, well, I could pick up his business. So I was taking these little packets of warheads and I was selling them for like a quarter, you know what I mean? Like five for a dollar type deal. And I had a, like the jumbo pack of like the most extreme warheads. And I got in the most, I got in like a huge trouble because apparently at eight years old, the bus driver did not appreciate me making more money than he did while at the bus stop and it was quickly shut down like oh this is you know this is inappropriate we don't need to be having kids bringing money to this other kid and that business quickly you know sputtered out because of you know regulations but i thought it was kind of a cool unique way to uh to to flip some candy i mean that business is still uh thriving today i don't know how many times i walk out of a walmart or any other store and there's some kid with a box of candy trying to, you know, hustle you out. <laughs> trying bucks. to flip it, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's, uh, it's it's something that's still going on today. Um, I don't know if I ever sold candy specifically, but man, you know, uh, trying to sell on baseball cards or Pokemon cards, any of the cards that were collectible or that were, were popular and, you know, eight, nine, ten years old um, is something I can remember trying to do. Uh, as well but I, I the interesting thing in in what i was when it obviously brought to mind of of like in our past life and our other job like when you would just be having to deal with some shitty ass calls and be like man i'm having to do this and i'm not getting paid enough you know mostly when you had to deal with dead bodies uh <laughs> that, was, be like, that was that was when the days you weren't paid enough money. Yeah. Oh no. That's what. That's the whole point. Like interesting ways I made money. Yeah. I had to do this or do that. Yeah. It's. It's. I don't know uh, why. Why I was choosing to make money that way. But dude. It, so today. <laughs> today I had a few stomach problems. I got hit with some fucking bug because my nephews were in town and kids just bring fucking sickness around and I wasn't feeling great. But I stopped. I sought a job to do and I saw to you know, execute on some of the things that I was selling and I was doing my mailbox fucking flip job thing. And, uh, dude, I was like, Oh my God, I got to take a crap. So I went to the bathroom and I realized like, I'm not getting paid for this. And I was thinking back to my law enforcement career, dude, we used to make a mockery about pooping it. We used to like during the four days of the week, I tried to only poop at work. 
because I was getting paid an exorbitant amount of money to go to the bathroom. And I just thought it was like the most beautiful hack in the world. But now as an entrepreneur, you're like, oh, I'm just wasting time. Like this stomach issue is not good. Like I, you can't go to the bathroom at the customer's house. You got to find one. Like there's a porta potty on the side of the road. Do you chance it? Do you go behind the porta potty? It just, in a, I don't know. I was cracking up the idea that I used to get paid to poop. I, I mean, I think that every person that gets paid hourly is that is their life hack, right? They have taken 10, 15 minutes out of their day to use the bathroom. Um, or, or the other one, too, is people that, that still smoke. They get their smoking breaks, right? They're getting paid to smoke. Those not, people drive me out. crazy. Oh, my so, gosh. I mean, that, that's another one that's like, hey, you're, they're spending 20, 30 minutes a day getting paid to smoke, uh, you know, because they're smoking four or five times a, a day during their shift. Um but yeah, I think that one is everyone's hack that they do, right? Like, oh, I'm not gonna do it on my lunch when I'm clocked out. You gotta, you gotta do it, uh, do it uh, when I'm clocked in. But I, I don't know how we got on this topic, but it was it's very interesting that it, that is one hack that people do uh, use a lot, uh, an interesting way to get paid. Um, but I, it, and similarly, when I used to, uh, you know, doing roof stuff, it was the same thing. Like you're you you where am I supposed to? You have to like try and find a bathroom. You gotta like. I'd always have a water bottle, right? You, I, I learned like I, just in case, because sometimes it'd be like you literally be you'd be in freaking uh, suburbs and there's like no gas station within 10, 15 minutes, and you just gotta go. So it's like, hey, gotta keep a water bottle in the truck all the time because you just never know. Kids, um, kids, that's not lemonade, okay? That's a, yeah. that's dad's bathroom break. No, you always got something, but no, it, it it is a true thing when you are like not uh, getting paid or when you're, you know, when, when you're paid on on what you're doing your, your job specifically or, or whatever service you're providing it is a different way right like it, not only that but in, anything you're doing that's not being productive it, it does really go into that of like uh this is this is wasting my time or or, or whatever like I, it gets you back to work gets you back to what you're doing because you got to get back to whatever service or whatever you're providing that's actually paying you not any of these other things that take away from it well, so I was thinking about it and I was like, if I was going to start over as an entrepreneur, I would go get an hourly job, but I would find an hourly job that I could work on my side hustle or my social media or do something, you know, and, and coincide them. I, I remember like being a hotel, uh, what was it? I was a hotel manager, which means I sat at the front desk and checked people in. But at nighttime, like you don't have any people checked in. All you got to do is make sure you know, to be able to call the cops in case some domestic thing happened or some idiot puked and, you know, had alcohol poisoning. But I always thought I was like, I never took advantage of that spare time where I'm just sitting there watching YouTube or watching TV. I should have been working on a little side hustle. And I was just, I kind of regret that if I, if I was going to go back, if I was going to tell my younger self or tell a younger, younger person now that's working a job, you know, a nine to five or whatever, find a job where you can kind of screw off like three or four hours to get paid with your real job to work on your side hustle that hopefully turns into your real job or your real career or your real entrepreneurial journey. That would be one of the things that I would tell my younger self. Uh, I'm going to go kind of similar, but you know, off, off, of course, you know, how I always do with the productive side of it. Uh, find an hourly job that that's actually teaching you something, right? Like, uh, not, I mean, all jobs, essentially, you're going to learn something, but, you know, do something where it actually has benefit, like a sales job where you will learn to sell, will learn to interact with people every day, which is highly beneficial to your entrepreneurial career or starting your own business. 
uh, get into a management position, learning how to deal with people and all that stuff, getting paid, right? Like it's similar, but hey, learn a skill, get paid for this skill, hourly or salary, however it is, but get paid for a skill that's actually going to benefit you, right? Like there's so many, you know, yes, there's jobs out there. Maybe you just need money. So you're going to go work at um, a fast food place, a restaurant, whatever, but not those do all have benefits too. But really, if you find a job where it, these skills you'll learn at that job that they're actually going to pay you to learn skills can transfer to your business. Uh, the biggest one is sales. Get get a get a commission sales job that is going to teach you so much when it comes to your business because it's similar. You're you're getting paid on on what you do, what you produce, and your business is the same way. You're only getting paid when you produce things when you have a business. So um, there's so many things that you can learn. So my recommendation, or even my younger self, is I wish I started a commission sales job when I was 18. I did have a commission sales job when I was 18. It was horrible. Okay. All I want to do was party. Okay. I didn't want to go to work. Oh, so if you're looking for a job and you're willing to put in a lot of work, okay. And not, you know, get paid to poop and you're not working on your side hustle. Come work for me. Don't go work for Nate. Okay. I love those types of people. Don't be me. Don't be me. The slacker. Okay. Trying to find a side hustle while working as you know, eight to five. If you need a slacker, Nate's always hiring. I, I heard he loves slackers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a whole other uh, topic for a, uh, another episode. <laughs> so what, I mean, as we as we wrap this episode up, one, if you if you made it this far, please like and subscribe and also share the show. That's the only way the show actually grows. We don't have sponsors. All we do is ask you to fulfill your duty and just – hitting the like button or commenting or just actually don't do any of that shit. Just, just share the show with a friend who might need it. But Nate, I was at an Atlanta Braves game earlier this week and I had an epiphany. What is your big, huge dream? One that's almost embarrassing to tell people. Do you have one? Because I've got one that I didn't realize I actually had. Uh, my big, huge dream. That's embarrassing to tell people, man, uh, well, obviously, there's it, it all usually consists of just different things to buy. Um, you know, <laughs> obviously, it'd be awesome to own a private jet, a yacht, you know, uh, fancy cars. Uh, but you know, on on what you're where you're hinting at, I, I've had that same thing too. But um, yeah, I, I think just man, owning like a huge building, like and when I mean building, like I think it'd be cool, like to own a freaking skyscraper right like when one of these big towns to be like yeah that's my freaking 30-story building you know uh even get you know get your name on it um that that would be my huge crazy dream you know I, every time i kind of drive through sacramento i'm always seeing all these like all these tall buildings i always think like man how cool would it be to be you know at man, your you building need, you're, you're you on the top to get floor to, you need to get to a bigger city yeah. <laughs> those I'm buildings are tiny well, yeah, compared to it's compared to the big cities, but yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm just sorry. N- nonetheless, it'd be cool to own some sort of huge, uh, you know, skyscraper tall building. It so instead of Trump Tower, you want Nate Tower, yeah, uh, Alva Tower, Alva Tower. Oh my gosh, where the just, where just, the strippers yeah. strip the best and they serve the best hot. No, I'm just kidding. It uh no, dude, I th- I think that's I think that's pretty remarkable. I didn't even think about that. It I've driven through Atlanta, which has a few buildings in it and you're right like it is pretty cool to see you know google microsoft and you know joe blows you know ibm or wherever the hell is coca-cola yeah. i mean there's so many cool buildings and it's 
You're right. That's that's when you know you've made it. I think is you know people look at you know oh where 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 is your office located? You're like oh Alva Tower, and you're like you mean the one with a name on it? You're like oh yeah that's mine. Yeah I own that. That would be pretty legit. I was in the direction of a sports team. I I we took our nephews to uh, the Atlanta Braves game, and one the Atlanta Braves won like the you know, the world series a couple years ago. So the tickets and their team's really good. They're like the number one right now in the MLB and they're hitting a shitload of home runs. It's really entertaining. It's fun. And I started looking at tickets and I'm like, Oh my God, for like three hours of baseball, like you could spend some freaking some, some coin. That's a, that's a dad freaking term right there. But it, I was shocked and I was like, that would be something awesome. I would love to own some type of professional team. It could be a professional badminton team. It could be a soccer team, I, a, you know, a, a pickleball team, something. But owning a sports team in some type of professional league, I think would be absolutely legit because if you own the team, you're the man. You're the guy who is, you know, as growing up, we always wanted to be the players. But as I get older and then I get away from football, I want to be the guy who's writing the checks. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, between the, the the major sports and and uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool. There's there's uh, lots of like you said. I mean, freaking baseball, you get eighty one home games. Basketball has uh, forty one. Like to all these, you know, teams they, they generate a crap ton of revenue, right? Like each person's buying tickets, you're buying food, you're buying drinks, you're buying me- merchandise. I mean. It's uh yeah I mean it's it's a money printing machine that's why these some of these sports teams are worth billions uh of dollars you know they, they, they've, I think even Michael Jordan he just sold his share f- for in the billions and he when he bought it it was in only the hundreds of millions so um it, it is crazy and remarkable how much they're worth and yeah I mean you want to talk about owning uh owning a, a business or, or a form of a business a sports team would definitely be uh, on the top of the list as well. So what what sports team are you buying? Which one? Which one you got your eye on? I know you want Trump Tower. Okay, I understand that. <laughs> and the, whatever pyramid it is in Sacramento, maybe maybe put your name on the bridge or something. But <laughs> what what would be the sports team that you'd want? Man, that'd be tough. Uh, especially since I don't follow sports as much as I do anymore. But I probably I probably go with baseball. You know, it'd probably be awesome to own the Dodgers. You know, iconic team uh, that I'm still a fan of. So that'd probably be my the top of the list. Dodgers, oh my gosh! And you're gonna stick in California? You, you know how much taxes you're gonna pay? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're right. You are right. Uh, well, then I guess my second pick would be the Raiders. Uh, they are. They did move <laughs> to, to Nevada, so Las Vegas. So I guess that'd be be a good second pick, dude. It, I'm going with. I'm a California kid, so I'm I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. It. I, I've never been to their new stadium, but their old old stadium was like on the bay. It was incredible. I think I'd bring them back to the city if I had a choice and a few billion dollars to build them a new stadium. But I, th- I think I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a, football is a good good choice. Uh, only only a handful of games, you know, a year. Uh, that's all right. No, well, I'm just saying, like versus like you know uh, the basketball or baseball. I mean, you got to be there sometimes a couple nights a week. You know, you're having games, you haven't put on the whole show. So, um, but yeah, I mean it. It's an interest, interesting thing to think about, right? Like, um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people are into or would be into owning that, but it's it's one of those things to really think about. Like, man, what are these outside the box things that we would 
that you would want to own, would want to be a part of, would want to, you know, do as an entrepreneur and, and or as a business owner. Well, and that so I was thinking about like my retirement plan. I was either going to go into politics or own a sports team, and I think the sports team's way funner. I think you make more money. You might not have as much influence on the world, but I'm thinking sports team is is the way to go. I, definitely, but I think um, for those of us that are common sense uh, people, I think politics is uh, something that more people need to get into. Right? We uh, this is be you know don't want to get too much in this rant, but I think that would be a good thing and a good topic to discuss of more people, average and not, not average in a bad way, but your normal American citizen getting into local or you know uh, national politics. Well, it, I mean, it, the fastest way to get wealthy in this country is to become a politician. I hate to say it, but that's, you know, if you want a quick, you know, get rich quick scheme, that's the way to go. Start putting, start hanging your flyers, go, go, you know, go change some legislation. And all of a sudden you, and it could be even small politics. I'm talking about small time politicians. I'm not talking about congressmen and senators. I'm talking about like at your localist level, they control like, so for an example, like in the county that I live in, there's a law where they can't build any more storage units, okay? And the reason is because the board of supervisors that have control of that district own all the storage units. So they've essentially cut out all their competition. And it's incredible. It's super smart. Like, it, you know, you, you can't win them all. But if you're a politician, you could just outlaw them all. And that's, you know, one way to, uh, to speed up your wealth. I mean, it is crazy how how in the county level, right? Like, uh, you know, the six or however many uh, board of supervisors there are. I mean, yeah, like you're talking about those are the people that are controlling things. And, and most people don't even know that, right? Like, they're not dealing with any anything. But when it comes to to city, county, different politics, different uh, public employees, like, like man, there is a lot of stuff going on that they they control and they vote on to uh, you know choose how people get paid or how they live or how they can make money. Dude, so Nate, how do we become politicians? Do we have to delete this whole podcast and not ever have any remnants of it? Uh, we, we probably would because they would they would uh, pull it out and be like, look at what these guys said uh, <laughs> 20 years ago, you know? So yeah, we'll probably, when we, when we decide uh, in, in 10, 15, 20 years to, to run as uh, politicians, yeah, we'll probably have to uh, get, get it, you know, put it in the, uh, the archives, the, the Action Takers podcast. But who knows? Maybe we'll we're gonna be as big as uh, Joe Rogan, and we'll just keep going with the show, so we can't we, we won't be able to stop. You can't show, you can't so. cancel Joe Rogan, okay? You yeah, can't cancel yeah. Donald Trump. So I I think we're going down the right road. I think uh, it would be scary because they they would might they might put some words up on boards that you know might shock <laughs> a few people, and we might have some explaining to do. But it all I mean you know if Trump can say grab her by the and he became president. So, I mean, I, you know, it's, I think there's a path there. There is a path. <laughs> there's a path. That's for damn sure. So if you have not gotten, if you haven't gotten any value, unsubscribe, but if you've gotten any value at all with this particular show, please go back in the archives and listen to all our, our rants, rambles, and nonsense. We've, we've sprinkled in some really good advice here in the Action Takers podcast, and we are giving away one hell of a trip. All you got to do is subscribe and listen to the next episode, and I guarantee you it will be a trip to absolutely nothing because we have nothing to offer at this very moment. But 
we can just ask you very specifically just to subscribe and share the show. Nate, really appreciate it, buddy. All right, man. Take some action. We, I mean, we got to wrap it. I mean, if we're talking politics, I think we, I think that's when I, I think you know the, the light is dinged red, and we got to we got to cut it off. It's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours, and take what's ours.